Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Yes, welcome back to the airwaves of the voice of the Cape 91.3 FM and 95.8 in the Boland. Alhamdulillah, it is Monday the 20th of November 2017 and that corresponds with the first of Rabiul Awal 1439. A very big shukran to our producer and that is Tasneem Adams. Now on the burning issue this evening, we're going to be looking at the Basic Education Laws Amendment Bill, also commonly known as the Bella. And this closed for public comment just about over a week ago. The bill, however, has caused much stir within the um, communities and uh, within particularly within the education sector with even a petition being launched calling on parliament to reject this particular bill now this evening we are going to be having in studio with us mr tim gordon who is the national chief executive officer for the governing body foundation uh, mr tim gordon a very good evening to you sir good evening to you ridwan and to your listeners thanks very much for having us here uh, it's a pleasure thanks for being with us in the studio and then joining mr tim gordon in studio we have uh, brother Mo- Khabir, who is the convener of the subcommittee on education, health, science and technology in the Progressive Professionals Forum in the Western Cape. Abrado Ad, assalamu alaikum. Alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you Ridwan and Mr. Gordon and all the listeners. Okay, just once again to remind our listeners that obviously you can participate in the program. We'll see how we manage the program. You can send your comments to us via the SMS line at 47913 and also via WhatsApp. We'll deal with those as we go along. Let's start with Mr. Tim Gordon very, very quickly. Uh, Mr. Gordon, you know, the very first question that we want to ask you, for example, you've seen the bill, you've looked at it. I'm sure your association has commented on the bill. What, in your view, does the bill seek propose that's not as simple and straightforward a question as it may sound Ridwan. the bill is obviously aimed at closing problems sorting out difficulties that have appeared in the bill over its 20 years of lifetime the main ones and I would like an opportunity to talk about that perhaps a little bit later in the evening, is that it moves a number of responsibilities away from the people, communities, societies and schools and places them in the education department. That, I think, is in a nutshell our biggest problem with the bill. Okay. And maybe just to remind our listeners also, you know, some of us, uh, just to clarify that there's also been recently the issue around the Western Cape Education Amendment Bill. Now, that is something totally different to the one that we are chatting about this evening. This evening, we are looking at the Basic Education Laws Amendment Bill, and this, in fact, is a national document as opposed to the other one that I mentioned earlier, which is being a provincial one. Now, Brother Maad Khabir, maybe just the same question to you. Uh, where would you want to start our discussion or debate around the, uh, um, the Bella? Um, thanks, Ridwan. Um, I think I'll from the PPA view, um, and as a, as a parent also, uh, we've actually uh, applauded many of the, of the uh, amendments or proposed amendments to the bill because we feel that, that the, the South African Schools Act has a number of weaknesses and a number of uh, loopholes um, that, that certain schools um, continue to exploit, mm-hmm. and particularly 
uh, one of the on issues of admissions, um, school fees, um, payments of of Section 38A uh, payments, and a number of other areas. I mean, why would anyone, particularly in the Western Cape, or in in an African country which we are, object to a school having their language policy under review? And it's and I think Mr. Gordon is is is. Uh, Convenient with 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 the language and uses the the things that he moves the responsibility from the public to the state. Now that obviously uh, elicits a, b a bit of fear because it it, it limits control of of the SGBs. Um, and it, what it's what it suggests is that the HODs and government departments have oversight, which currently doesn't exist. All right, in terms of reviewing language policies, in terms of reviewing admission policies. And again, I mean, I think it's, it's important for us to identify um, the, 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 the membership bodies that belong to GBF. Um, and those are the schools typically found in the leafy suburbs. Um, they are not uh, typically township schools. They are not typically schools found in, in, the, in the lower income communities. And, and largely this... This outrage or this mock outrage, which was driven by a select interest group, you know, has is got the interests of those particular schools at heart, mm -hmm. right? I mean, a language policy of a school in Kailicha is of no consequence to GBF. A language policy or admissions policy of a school in Heidefeld is of no consequence to GBF or FETSAS. Right. It only appears and is only of interest to them because it, it might affect Weinberg Girls Junior or Rustenburg Girls Junior or Rustenburg Girls High or San Susi, where schools and, and principals in particular <coughs> are the, the arbiters of, of the admissions policy. I mean, that admissions policy, and this is my experience working in the last year and challenging a particular school where, where, where my son attends, you know, where GBF and FEDSAS have intervened on behalf of the school to limit access to information, uh, to limit uh, transparency, uh, to, to, to make things difficult in terms of, of, of um, uh, accountability. So this is what we applaud in terms of what Bella tries to do. Uh, it, it, it seems that there's another level of appeal that you could possibly go to in terms of the head of department. But my understanding was that even <coughs> under normal circumstances, given the proposition of the South African Schools Act, for example, if a parent has any challenge, be it either with its <coughs> admission policy or the language policy, that you could effectively still refer that particular concern then to, for example, the head of education or the MEC for that matter. That's just my thought on it. I don't want us to necessarily, you know, look at saying, Look, this is the proposition of any particular body. But let's get a uh, response from Mr. Tim Gordon in terms of we're looking at the, 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 the bill proposing issues around admissions, uh, school fees. Uh, let's not address Section 38A. It becomes a bit more technical in that regard. I wonder, I hope this is not going to become personal, but I'm afraid that a number of things have been attributed to the GBF, which is simply not true. Mm -hmm. We have a number of members... And we have a great interest in members in Kailicha, in Haderfeld, and in a number of other township areas in various parts of the country, across the country. We are certainly not an organization which is trying to set limits here which are to the benefit of only one section of society. Mm -hmm. And of the 46 things in this bill, this proposed bill, we will support 37 of them. 
So the let, but let, let's keep it not personal. Let's rather look at what okay. the really Just to remind our listeners that we're also going to be joined online by mm-hmm. the FEDSAS, that is the Federation of Governing Bodies of South Africa, and we'll also be joined by online, I believe, by Mr. Mona Janssen, who is the provincial secretary for the South African Teachers Union. I know that we also have Satu, the South African Democratic Teachers Union. I'm not sure whether they've responded. Then we also have NEPTOSA, the National Professional Teachers Organization of South Africa. But let's go to the SMS line or the WhatsApp line very quickly before we go for an ad break. It says, Assalamu alaikum. My kids' school want the parents to pay registration fees every November. If you don't pay the school, take it as our child not coming back. Is it legal by law? This is for all grades. It will come from school fees. Can you advise? Well, we appreciate the, the, the particular question and maybe we'll see if we can address it. This evening our focus really is around the BALA, which is your Basic Education Laws Amendment Bill. Now, this bill proposes to amend quite a number of things, as was mentioned by our guests in studio, one for being admission policies. Then it speaks about school fees policies. It addresses the issue around Section 38A. One of the things for me is the issue around the appointment process of educators for example, our school governing bodies in terms of the South African Schools Act, they are required to bring out a nomination or a recommendation to the head of education who then ultimately affects the appointment. The bill now seeks to say that these appointments will be done as from possible 2, 3 and 4 upwards by the head of education and the school governing bodies will only be, will now be limited to make a recommendation on post, as far as possible 1 educators are concerned and I'm sure public service personnel. On that, we're going to go for a quick ad break, and when we come back, we will continue with the burning issue here on The Voice of the Cape. The Burning Issue with Ridwan Ahmed. Welcome back to the burning issue here on the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. And if you have just joined us this evening, we are looking at BALA or the Basic Education Laws Amendment Bill. Now, this closed for public comment last week or about a week ago. And we are looking, I believe that there's been a petition launched calling for Parliament to reject it. Now, we have some views around that and we are joined in studio by Muad Khabir, who is a convener uh, of the Subcommittee on Education with the Progressive of Professionals Forum in the Western Cape and we have in studio with us Mr. Tim Gordon who is the National Chief Executive Officer of the Governing Body Foundation. Now yes you the listener are allowed to participate in the program this evening but we let's get to um, back to Tim Gordon very quickly. Let's say you said you mentioned that 36 or 46 out of the X number of uh, proposals you guys don't really necessarily support. Maybe just touch on one or two of those and you know just give a bit of explanation as to why what your position is around those right well i think that let me go to a broader issue to start with okay one that i started with is that we really do believe that this is anti-democracy and we've got to have a look at a little bit of the history here to see why we say that Mm -hmm. (coughs) if we go back to 1992 we had a situation where the entire country was moving from a very autocratic authoritarian system to a democratic one. 
And the whole concept that came up at that time was that it must not only be in real national government that that happened, but that it also happened in all parts of society, one of them being in education. Mm -hmm. And that we would have three tiers of education governance in exactly the same way we have three tiers of political governance. The first one, the national, the national minister, national department, and national laws on education, of which the Bella is one. The second tier would be the provincial one, and the third one would be the local one, which in many systems worldwide, the Americas, the uh, parts of Europe, the third tier was municipal. And we could very clearly and closely have come to having our schools falling under the municipality. But it was decided that that was not a good idea. We should rather have, as the third tier of government, a thing to be called the governing body. That's where the day-to-day -day issues in education, which are close to the people, should be decided. Mm -hmm. Now, as I said in my introductory discussion, that is our first and big overarching problem, is that it takes a number of those responsibilities and rights which were given to governing bodies at the local level to the parents, the community, the staff, the learners, and it takes them away from the school, the community, and the people, the parents, and seats them instead now at the second level where you have got a department and an individual, the head of education, which can take those. That, to our mind, overturns the whole democratic concept on which South Africa's laws, governance, and so much else is based. Mm. And that probably also the problem. intention of the, of the South African Schools Act, and to my mind, if one looks at it that way. Absolutely. Okay, let's hear from Mr. Muad Khabir quickly. In your view, the proposed amendments, let's not say how many they are or how many you agree with, do you think it is beneficial to the school governing bodies or not? Uh, look, I think there's, there's been, a, over the past several years anyways, there's been, a, I think, while the intent of the South African Schools Act was, was pure and clean, as, as Mr. Gordon uh, rightly uh, describes, you know, in terms of giving oversight or, or democracy and enabling schools to sort of make decisions for themselves. I think there's been largely a vacuum <coughs> in terms of the regulatory framework um, that schools have been operating in. And again, Mr. Gordon, maybe you need to, you need to be clear, this is not a personal attack on, this is my personal experience in terms of the challenges that I've had, which uh, unfortunately you've been engaged in uh, with the school matter that I've been dealing with. So it's, it's not against you necessarily and offends us it, it, it's it's my experience dealing with the school um, of the grove which is in claremont and you look at how regulations or the lack of regulations have been manipulated uh, to prevent certain things in fact um, you know five years ago and, and my siblings were at that school so i know that school for the past 25 years mm -hmm. um, and i've seen the regression over the last six years you know, with a new principle in terms of the, the, the demographics of the school and, and how that school has, has actually gone backwards. And I think one of the, one of the challenges that, that, that we find is that while the intent of the, the, the languages, you must remember that GBF fits us, these governing bodies, they have, and, and again, as broad as they may be, they serve a particular interest, which is giving power to, to governing bodies to make decisions, and they support it with the legal departments, uh, with the, the, the interpretations of regulations or the lack of, and creating the vacuum and the space for these things to happen. So 
while, like I said, we, if we have an understanding that driving fast at, um, is, saves lives, all right, 120 kilometers an hour, which is the national speed limit, but the city of Cape Town decides that 60 is, is, you know, saves more lives, then that's what we have. And this is what, so it addresses these little anomalies and says, let's take care of the things which is, which is wrong, let's fix those, and allow us to operate with, with tighter regulation or with tighter or clearer definitions for arguments saying, uh, one of the things that, that, the, that the bill or the amendments uh, uh, seeks to address is the definitions of what the benefit in kind is. Now again, many of the schools in, in, in the lower income areas won't be able to pay their, their teachers or their principals uh, for a cell phone, let alone extra money. Yeah, but, but certainly the bill, as we said, it's a national document, so it does not only, in my <coughs> view, then address issues particularly within, which is within the Western Cape, no, 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 for example. No, no. And just before you continue, I'm going to say that the views expressed on the program does not necessarily reflect the views of the Voice of the Cape, its management or the staff. Um, Mr. Khabir, let's just get to your point, because I still want to get to a sure. very quick point uh, from Paul Kalditz, because mm. I believe we have him online, and as we sure. said, he's the CEO of the Federation of Governing Bodies mm. of South African Schools, and we also have okay. online Mr. Mona Janssen, who is the Provincial Secretary for the South African Teachers Union. Mr. Habib, just your quick... Yeah, uh, yeah so, so in terms of what, what Mr. Gordon mentioned, you know, the, the three tiers of government, in both the other tiers, national and provincial level, we have official opposition that can raise issues. Um, at the local SGB level, you are shut up. All right. If once the SGB is elected, there is no recourse for you. They will tell you documents are under review. They don't exist. You have no access to them. So, you know, it becomes a, a real challenge to go and extract information, information that you as parents are actually entitled to. Mm -hmm. um, they hide behind the, 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 the regulatory framework, which this now, give, like I said, gives you another level of appeal where you can go to the MEC, you can go to the HOD uh, to go and get that, um, um, that remedy, which at the moment um, doesn't exist. Okay, let's hear from Mr. Paul Calders. A very good evening to you, sir. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for the opportunity. Okay, thanks for joining us online. I'm sure you've heard a bit of the comments and uh, our discussion on the burning issue here on the, on the Voice of the Cape is the issue around the BALA, which is the Basic Education Laws Amendment Bill. Now, we are aware that there's a petition launched calling for Parliament to reject it. Uh, what, is, uh, Fed's, not, yeah, what is Fed's position on this particular bill? Well, we do support some of the amendments uh, in the bill, um, but there are four important issues that we have a serious problem with. Um, and the other part of it is that we've been requested to make recommendations quite a number of years ago on the improvement of the South African Schools Act, and those have not been taken into consideration at all. We've had no response to our requests for amendment of uh, the Schools Act. Now, the, the four issues we have problems with is, the first of all, the issue of uh, admission policy, the second, language policy, the third is the appointment of people in promotion posts at schools, and the fourth is the utilization of school facilities without uh, any compensation from the Department of Education. Okay, thanks very much for that. I'll get a bit more comments from our guests in the studio, but I believe we're also joined online by Mr. Mona Janssen. Uh, Mona, very good evening to you. Good evening, Read One. Uh, thanks for, for joining us on this particular discussion or debate or whatever one wants to call it. You've heard my introduction. What is your comment or opening remark be? 
My opening remarks be is that we need to ask a question. I mean, there is about 44 proposed changes to the, to the legislation. And the main question we need to ask is, would these changes actually improve the education in our schools? Now I'm talking about grassroots level, where you're sitting with, with our learners that need to be educated. And the question is, would these changes actually make a difference? Now, our feeling is no, it would not. Um, it's basically a, a, a transfer uh, of, of certain powers, responsibilities from the SGB, who's a democratically elected process that's been stipulated by legislation, to the government. Um, our concern is, and, and I actually think this is some of these proposed changes could be seen as an insult to parents because what they're effectively saying is that the past 20 years, the way that schools or certain issues in schools that has been governed has been in the hands of parents, what they're actually saying is you have not been doing a good job. So. Therefore, we are taking all these all these decisions and all these uh, 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 responsibilities away from you, and uh, obviously we we, we 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 do not agree with that. But again, as I say, we uh, we need to we need to focus on and say, and I agree with some of the previous speakers. That there are certain issues in a in the Bella Act that we can agree with, but there are certain issues that we we we, we need to take cognizance of and say. These are alarm bells. We need to be very, very mindful. What are the implications for education if these amendments are actually then carried through? Okay. Mr. Gordon, your quick comment on what Mona has just said. I think that I agree with the vast majority of what he said. Mm-hmm. It's an insult to the parents. It does, and it, it was my third one that I had down, it does nothing to enhance the teaching and learning in schools. We really believe that that is a huge shortcoming that with all the other weaknesses that we have, this whole thing is looking at administration, regulation, instead of at education. Okay. Uh, Mr. Mohadrabir, you can comment on that. Uh, look, it, it's, it's, it, all of us sitting around the table here can agree that the vast majority of these things are, are acceptable. Right, in terms of the, the, the regulatory framework and um, we can we can debate about some of the minutiae and, and some of the things that we disagree on. But I mean one of the one of the, the, the issues that, that, that we have is, you know, the removal, the outright removal of alcohol and the availability of alcohol on school premises. We you know, again coming back to the to the WCED and, and, and what MEC Schaefer wants to do is to introduce the availability of alcohol at schools. Now, you know, most most Civilized countries, in particular, with the alcohol problems that we have in in vast sectors of our society, um, you know, making alcohol available at schools during school functions because there's a liability issue that that could possibly emanate. So we don't want people to 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 have, you know, at at the beer tent to at Weinberg Boys High's uh, uh, sports day. You know, have parents walking around, you know, drunk or, or whatever because then you have issues because you know things are are tense and the school might be losing or the team might be losing and the lighting might get hurt and you know now you infuse alcohol into that situation so it's a uh, it's one of those things where you know we, we we can agree on on the vast majority of 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 what is the content and again i think the the issue that 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 you know in terms of the promotion of teachers if you look at many of the schools and again i, th- I think we need to be specific and just narrow it down that the schools in the leafy suburbs are the ones that are being the most affected by this or the ones that have the most objections to this because their promotion policies are 
if you look at, at the school, mostly still largely white. In fact, Brian Schroeder is was the, the HOD for education is on record, and I think uh, Jonathan uh, um, from Satu told him, you know, that he's understanding that quality only exists in white teachers. Right? And he, he subsequently retracted that statement in, a, in, in a, a, a PC meeting. But in any case, I think the, the schools and the makeup of teachers, for the benefit of, of all, all parties, that there has to be some level of employment equity, there has to be some level of, of inclusivity and diversity, because s students respond to what they see. And if you only have white teachers, and the cleaning staff at many of your schools are, are black, then that's what they associate black people with. Okay, this is my attention very quickly to the SMS line. There's one here from 5436. It says, Assalamu alaikum. Principals and circuit managers already decide who gets promotion posts. School governing bodies has no say in townships, so not right. Another one from 6945 says, Salam Ridwan and the panel. Overall, what will, what will the effect of this bill on school governing bodies, educators in general, our society, learners, parents, and our education system in general, B. Worldwide, how does it compare and what would the effect be internationally? Well, once again, a very big thank you and shukran to our listeners for the participation. Unfortunately, time is really catching up on us. Let me hear from Paul Calders quickly, as we said, CEO of FEDSA's Federation of Governing Bodies of South Africa. Your concluding comment and remark that you want to share with our listeners on this topic. Well, um, the, the most important thing, I attended a conference in 2011 where an internationally renowned speaker said that education systems throughout the world are in trouble, and that is because of centralization. Um, if you decentralize, you focus on the, uh, the, the needs and the requirements of people at grassroots level. Uh, and in, in South Africa, we have an exceptional model of decentralization. And that should be retained at all costs, where parents have a direct input in the education of their children. That is the basis of our whole education system. And government now seeks to overturn that and move back towards centralization, authoritarian model, the model we had pre-1994, that is simply unacceptable. Okay, thanks very much for that, Mr. Paul Golders. Mr. Mona Janssen, from your side, quickly, a concluding comment or remark that you want to wish to leave with our listeners? Yes. Um, remember, parents are still the primary caregivers of, of, of their children. So that means who is in the best position to decide what is the best for the children within that school, in their community. Is it the parents and the teacher? who live, who, who, who functions on a daily basis in a community that understands uh, the, 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 whole, the whole community, how it functions, and understands who are the best people to be appointed to teach the children? Or is it an official who is a couple of kilometers away, sitting in the office, making decisions uh, on behalf of people in a community that he or she does not understand? And I think that, for me, is, 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 the, is, is the crux of the matter that we need to say for 20 years, yes, there are certain uh, uh, SGBs that have not been functioning uh, or, uh, as effectively, but surely 
so we are there's there's some communities that have really been functioning well HEPs have really been functioning well the parents should still be involved in our schools and the best way to do it is by means of the HEP and by means of these responsibilities and decision making that has been entrusted in them both for the past 20 years in terms of the SA Schools Act. Well thanks very much for that Mr. Mone Hansen and it seems that we are busy with a burning issue this evening another SMS from 5998 says Assalamu Alaikum taking away powers from SGB means giving power to principals and circuit managers they decide how they want to appoint in promotion posts sad but true white teachers come to townships but colored teachers are not allowed in white schools well once again a very big thank you and shukran to our listeners for their participation and to remind myself and the listeners that the views expressed on the program is not necessarily those of the Voice of the Cape, its management or the staff. Uh, let me give a quick comment to Mr. Mu'ad Khabir, a uh, 30-second quick comment or concluding remark from your side. Um, thank you, Ridwan. I think just in conclusion, we, we don't have much time. The, the you know, previous speakers will, will use words like authoritarian and so on and so forth. But I think it's, it's important where there is a vacuum that this is what this is trying to address. I don't, we, we mustn't scare people by using terminology like capture or destroy or transformation and so on. This actually seeks to address issues of the lack of transformation, the lack of diversity, the lack of inclusivity, particularly for the school, because again, we all, we all have children, we all want to get our kids into, into schools, right? Mm-hmm. And these only affect this, the... Mem- not, okay, again, let, let's not say only, but particularly schools. We, not, no one is running to go and put the school into, uh, or put our children into Kailicha Primary. All right? But everyone wants to go into Winewood Boys Junior. Mm-hmm. So when you sit with, 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 with these type of issues where there's now an appeals process, let's get that school as diverse as possible, but the SGB reflects the parent body, your demographics then start to skew in terms of, in terms of the majority. Mm-hmm. Right, which means they continue to, to run the school their particular way, and it also serves person, people's interest. If I have a like and I want my kid to run to, to play tennis, if I'm from the SGB, I'm getting two tennis coaches for my child. Not necessarily for the benefit of everyone else, but because that is what I want for my child. Okay, my attention once again to the SMS line. There's one that says, the minority still wants to reign. How can one combine liquor and education? Do they want to create educated alcoholics. So once again, a very big shukran and thank you to our listeners. Uh, Mr. Tim Gordon, the last quick comment to you, sir. A quick comment. I would like to just go back to one of the SMSs that you had there because I think it's a very insightful question. What will this bill do to governing bodies? And my understanding is that it will reduce the interest, the rights, the powers, the involvement of parents in the school. And research and experience alike have shown us that three things then happen. As the involvement of the parents drops off the first thing that they do is that they stop volunteering we've already seen that in too many of our schools the parents no longer volunteer the second thing that happens is that they start withdrawing their money we've already seen more and more of that of people who are saying we're not prepared to pay school fees and the third thing that happens is that they then withdraw their children and we think that those people who will land up either in private education or in homeschooling it's going to be very, very bad for education. You will slow down the whole movement forward and our public education, which is at the moment, it has some wonderful gems in it, 
is going to deteriorate instead of improving. Well, Mr. Tim Gordon, thanks very much for your insightfulness and comment, Mr. Paul Kalditz, as well, Mr. Mona Janssen, to you as well, and Mr. Mu'al Khabir. On that note, I say to you guys a very big thank you and a very good evening. And we break and then we're going to come back and conclude with the burning issue. Welcome back to the burning issue on the voice of the Cape and that certainly is uh, a a bit uh, of a discussion this evening. Uh, If you have just joined us, we are looking at BALA, which is the Basic Education Laws Amendment Bill. Now we've heard from Mr. Tim Gordon, who is the National CEO of the Governing Body Foundation. We've heard from Mr. Mu'ad Khabir, convener of the Subcommittee on Education for the Progressive Principles Forum. Uh, We've heard from Paul Calders, from the CEO of FEDSAS, as well as Mr. Mona Janssen from the uh, South African Teachers Union. Now, we would like to get the voices of some of our principals on this particular issue. So online we are joined by Mr. Nadim Hendricks, who is the principal at Trafalgar High School. Mr. Nadim Hendricks, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam, brother Ridwan, how are you? Alhamdulillah, yourself? Alhamdulillah, talk. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Then we also have uh, online with us Mr. Ahmed Chatia, who is the principal of Glendale High. Uh, Mr. Ahmed Chatia, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam, Ridwan. Okay. Wa alaikum salam. Gentlemen, I'm not sure if you heard, you know, our previous segment on this particular issue, but I'm sure you're aware of the Basic Education Laws Amendment Bill. Now, quite a number of issues have come up, for example, challenges with regards to admission policies, language policies, appointment processes, uh, etc. What is your view, let's start with Mr. Nadim Hendricks, around this particular uh, bill? Well, I see my, my comrade, my friend, and my brothers on the other side, Ahmad Fatia. So, uh, so, so I must know my beans. But I must say that I've been mandated by the Progressive Principles Association to, to, to make this particular contribution loud and clear. Although, and I subscribe to all of it, if not more than it. Okay, so what I'm going to say here is going to represent the, the, the uh, a large body of principles. I think we're close to, close to 170 principles in the Western Cape and right down and uh, uh, covering the entire area right up to George and past that PE. And I've been mandated that since I've been approached to, 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 to say certain things and I also want to give my perceptions of it. So I'm going to take about uh, two, three minutes if you don't mind. Yes, you can go uh, for the three minutes I've because listened, we're quickly I've going towards the Wakta Visha. To the contributions of everybody over uh, in the previous sector, section of this particular debate. And I must say it sounds very colonial. I must say that. There is not a change in mindset in the way people are thinking. People are not realizing that the reality in South Africa is very, very clear. Education has two particular objectives in Africa, as we are sitting, as you are sitting, brother. It serves the interests of the affluent parents. There's no question about it. It came out of discussion before this. And it is neglecting and marginalizing the interests of the poor, the learners of the poor areas. And PPA strongly represent those particular areas, the, the marginalized uh, learners of the two areas. We acknowledge that opportunity has been created by this government that allows many of our children to have entered the system and, 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 and we take cognizance of that fact that we are still 
thousands of children that are deprived of access deliberately and designed and by design by the different uh, uh, nine provinces in this country uh, for access to children to education. We also want to acknowledge that there are very, many poor educational management system, systems in place, not because they did it, did it, the principals or the, or the teachers are inadequate, but they are inadequate to resource. And, 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 and because of that, it allows many learners to drop out. And I'm going to give you, at the end of this, uh, our particular uh, recommendations you made to the amendment bill. But you first must acknowledge the realities that's in our schools. Because all those particular people are speaking, it's not speaking the realities. I'm not bothered about wine. Wine is a, 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 an issue that, 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 that is peripheral to the real uh, uh, debasement of education in South Africa. The situation in terms of provision and management of education is, is no better at poor schools than it was prior to, to, to 1994. So although we allowed many learners into the system, but the provisions and the capacitation of the schools in 1994 is no way meeting up to the expectations of education in this country. Right? The, the people understand that is the, uh, uh, the, the need for, for amendments to education, but, but only to the level but only we it levels the playing fields between the affluent schools and that of the poor. And if people don't start thinking of that, then they are just doing something to protect their particular interests wherever they find themselves. So therefore we want to make we want to note the changes made to the bill and and, 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 and we believe that 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 that, that uh, uh, changes should be made. So we uh, we propose right that, that the uh, the powers of the affluent school AGPs that they be restricted. Why must they be restricted? Because for two simple reasons, they restrict the entry of learners into the school. They use it as, as a as a racist apartheid tool uh, uh, in, in the legal sense, and we, we we cannot live with that. That's why learners that live around those particular schools, learners are poor that lives around those particular African schools, cannot go there. And how are they restricted? Or how are they, how are they, how are they prevented from going there? It's because those school, school charge enormous school fees. So, and that is wrong. Whenever we look at it, it's absolutely wrong. So if the bill addresses that particular thing, then the PPA will believe that this is a bill for the people. Hendricks? We have got so many young children that's qualifying at universities, so many qualified educators. I was a teacher, Mr. Totti was a teacher. We had to learn on the ground. These children that qualify, the parents uh, pay a lot of money for that from Salusaka and all those particular uh, uh, organs pay for the children. They can't get into the schools, no. It is subtle racism uh, that these particular uh, 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 schools use to, to, to exclude uh, the, the employment of, of our particular people in the schools where they live, where they can make a contribution, and, and, and it's sad so. So we consider the practice of of yeah, of, of, of HDBs, we consider the practice of, 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 of governing bodies controlled by, 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 by affluent people as being exclusively exclusionary and unconstitutional and demand that the, the, the amendment bill have an equitable university policy to be introduced in, in schools in this particular country. Because we cannot, we cannot continue with the present situation. It is wrong. Mr. Nadim Hendricks, uh, shukran for that. Can I just give Mr. Chatia also an opportunity? Mr. Chatia, maybe just your quick comment uh, on our discussion this evening. Uh, yes. <laughs> Aridawan, uh, firstly, I agree with everything that my most 
professional company <laughs> Nadine said wow and you know we don't want to be angry about this but I just want to maybe just uh, uh, mention the fact that I, I'm very happy with uh, most of the bill I, I apologize I could not hear you know the, 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 the previous part of the program but I'm now thinking of you know it is Definitely a new form of apartheid, this economic apartheid that we have, where some of our communities are denied, and the PPA is in existence, and my dua is that the PPA, one day there won't be, uh, you know, a reason for the PPA to exist, because we won't have poverty in our country. So we won't be representing the marginalized, because we will have some kind of a utopia. Uh, and that's just a dua and uh, I suppose a dream. But for now, we need to look out for the poor. But yes, you know, uh, a, a, a parent who has money, we all want the best for our children. But is it really the best to send our children to X model C schools? To me, an X model C school is a state subsidized private school. They are better off than most of our private schools. And we find in communities, parents now decide after apartheid, I don't know if this is still the legacy of apartheid, where do I send my child? I want my child to have a good Islamic education, so I send my child to a Muslim school. The Afrikaner says, where do I send my child? Echo the Afrikaans school is, you know. But it's important for central government to come out and to say, wait, wait, we need to break down all these barriers. We need to yeah, yeah. integrate. And uh, I think the bill is actually doing, uh, going to do that, and I'm sure there might be some uh, differences that we have and, and some errors that we need to relook at, and I think it's wonderful, Ridwan, and I want to thank you, because, I mean, you are at the station, you've always made us aware of, of all these issues, and, and it's very educational, and it's important for our parents. So parents should not think that we are against them. But it's so sad that, you know, if you compare a, a, a poor school in Mitchell's Plain, who is in the same uh, quintile as one of these ex-model C schools, and in Mitchell's Plain you might have 40 the average of 14 in a class. And then at the model C school, you might have 25 in a class. And then those teachers are still given with the R whoops an extra salary. So they are working half as hard as the poor teacher in Mitchell's plane, and they are getting double the salary. And who's paying them? Our, our own family members, our own community is paying them. So can't we get the situation? Yes, you want to have the best, but can't we see? Can't we have community? Imagine if our schools are community schools and, and we have that confidence because the facilities are there and our kids can attend the schools in the areas which they live in, you know. Um, the carbon footprint, the traffic jams that we have every morning, uh, we will get rid of those. So, so, I mean, there's such a lot of good reasons why we need to definitely tackle this problem so that we don't have everybody rushing off to the leafy suburbs because they have all these fantastic uh, uh, facilities, you know. And then you find that in our schools have the culture change. And I know this is a question that the government bodies ask. If you go for a post there, how would you fit in with this culture? Why doesn't the culture change, you know, if the demographics change? And, and these are the issues that I think we need to perhaps discuss more. So I, I'm happy uh, that there is such a bill, 
and uh, I need to study it further and find out, you know, if there are any other issues uh, that we need to address. But uh, Nadim, I think from a historical perspective, it's very important that we mention that. Uh, and we want our community to think about this. And yes, it is the right of every parent to say, I want the best for my child. And then I sincerely hope that the best values you will find in our schools, in our community schools, if parents give us that chance. And if they, as role models and those who have the means, if they come and they support our schools, there'll be more money for us in the system, you know, and then we can turn around these schools. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Mr. Chatia, uh, principal of Glendale High School, a very big shukran to you for sharing uh, your views and comments around the Basic Education Laws Amendment Bill. To Mr. Nadim Hendricks, passionate principal of Trafalgar High School, to you as well, and also for indicating that your comments are supported by the uh, Progressive Principals Association. Uh, my attention to the WhatsApp um, line quickly, there's a message here, sorry, from SMS line 4306. It says, circuit managers persuade weak governing body members who to vote for certain posts. Maybe this will eradicate the unfairness to teachers who apply in vain as the governing body has already discussed who the candidate is they wish to elect. Another one says it is the most warped democracy one has ever witnessed Ah, and then one says, Salam, we work hard in Mannenberg. Our lives are in danger. We don't get extras, but yet we always measure, measured against the leafy schools. And that comes from Rushana Fisher. Another messenger from 6658 says, Salam alaikum, sad that most of our Muslim schools use retired teachers that does not have energy to teach anymore. Well, once again, a very big shukran to our listeners for their participation to the program called The Burning Issue here this evening. To Mr. Nadim Hendricks, and Mr. Ahmad Chatia, once again a very big shukran and I say to you assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh well in wrapping up the program I do still have in studio with me Mr. Tim Gordon and uh, Mr. Mu'ad Khabir I'm even not going to ask them for any comment at this stage I think we've uh, run out of I think we could speak about this until next week and the week thereafter maybe I'll persuade our producer that this does need to have a follow up on this so that we can share but more with our listeners around the sentiment expressed within the Basic Education Laws Amendment Bill.